In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we all know that Advent is the season of preparation. We are preparing for the coming of Christ. We prepare for the Nativity, and we prepare for the return of Christ on the last day. And most of the time, we probably, I think, have the wrong idea about what it means to prepare. We tend to think that preparing means being good. So at the second coming, Jesus will find us to be good boys and girls. In some ways, we treat the advent of Christ like we treat the coming of Santa Claus. Right? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. And so if we've been crying and pouting, we risk being put on the naughty list. I've heard this image over and over uh, throughout my adult life in describing Advent, that Advent is like cleaning up your house before an important guest comes over. We got to make sure everything's organized and nice and neat and clean. And so I've been told that Advent is about cleaning our house up spiritually so Jesus doesn't find us spiritual messes. Well, to be clear, this is not what we mean when we say that now is the time of preparation. And the first reason I say this is because first, Jesus has already come to your house and he's already found it to be a mess. He's found it to be a spiritual mess. There's no spiritual sweeping things under the rug. Jesus already knows. To him, all hearts are open, all desires known, and from him no secrets are hid. When we hear that we are to be prepared for the advent of our Lord, we are not being advised to get to work to fix ourselves because that ship has sailed. We can't fix ourselves. When John the Baptist prepares people for, coming, for the coming of the Messiah, that is Jesus, he has one message for them, which is repent. Believe it or not, how to understand that word repent was at the very heart of why Luther wrote his 95 Thesis and at the very heart of what spurred the Reformation and gave us the Lutheran Church because Luther believed that that word repent had long been misunderstood. The Greek word that is translated as repent is the word metanoia. And so you might hear two Greek roots in that word meta, which suggests change or transformation, like metamorphosis is change. And then the root noia, which suggests mind. See, repentance is about transformation. It's a transformation of mind or heart or inner being. John the Baptist, when he says repent, is saying be transformed. So in Luther's day, the Bible most everyone used in Europe was the Latin Vulgate edition. And so the Latin edition translated that Greek metanoia as do penance. So it was understood that John the Baptist was telling people to do penance to prepare for the coming Messiah. And so Luther took issue because the message of repentance was being used to justify selling indulgences and all kinds of abuses because a buying an indulgence was supposedly a way to show that you were really sorry for your sins. That was doing penance. But that missed the point. John wasn't telling people to do penance to show that they were contrite and sorry for their sins. He was telling them it was time to be transformed. Be transformed. And of course, transforming yourself is a tall order. In fact, it's really something that's impossible. 
You can't change who you are or what you are. Self-help books may help you in some superficial ways. Right? There are strategies that might help you get more work done to be more productive. There are tactics to help you figure out how to live healthier lives, how to have better habits, and so on. But those things truly don't change who we are. They don't change our inner being. They don't transform us. Because we can't do that. We're unable to do that. Only God can transform us. And so when John the Baptist says, be transformed, when he says repent, he is talking about something that God does to us and for us. Specifically, John was telling them that they needed to be transformed in the waters of the baptism that he was offering. Repentance and baptism happen together. They're connected. True repentance happens at baptism because it's right at baptism where we are transformed. Baptism's not just a symbol. It's not just a ritual. Baptism is not just a confession of faith and a commitment that you make. Rather, baptism transforms you because baptism is what God does to you and for you. For example, in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul puts it like this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. In baptism, we're raised to live a new life. In other words, we are transformed. And so we see this also in our gospel reading from Matthew 3. John baptizes those who come to him, and then they confess their sins. Well, that confession is the transformation. This is the repentance. It's entirely tied up to what God is doing in the waters of John's baptism. Because God gives us the ability to come to him. It's all passive from our heart. God draws us entirely to himself. He makes us aware of our sins. He makes us sorry and contrite. He gives us a heart that seeks after him. That's entirely the work of God. As Luther says in the Catechism, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in true faith. When the people heard John the Baptist preaching, what they were hearing was really the gospel. That's not often how we think of John the Baptist or how we often hear John. We often think of him as harsh and stern, as a stern prophet living out in the wilderness, living an austere life. But when the people heard John's message, what they heard was that God was coming to save them. God was transforming them. And they were transformed by that word of the gospel. They received it in the waters of baptism. And they confessed their sins because they were given new hearts by God, a God who wants to save them and transform them. And so John says the Messiah is coming. Christ is coming. The Messiah you anticipate and look forward to is coming to save you. And John says he's going to baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. In other words, he's going to finish this transformation by pouring out God's Spirit on you. Christ is coming to fully save you. And so we go back to our original question. What does it mean to prepare for the advent 
of our Lord. What does it mean to be transformed? First, we remember that we have been transformed. While even today we continue to be transformed because we have been baptized into the water of God's word. Every day that you wake up, you are living into that baptism in which you were united to Christ. Again, the catechism says of baptism that it indicates that the old Adam in us should be daily contrite and show repentance by being drowned and dying with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. In other words, we are transformed by what God does for us. God gives us daily contrite hearts. God teaches us daily to see our sins. And it's God who gives us the fruits of righteousness and holiness that show good works. John lives severely and austerely just to make that point. Remember that John the Baptist is a Levite. That means he's of the tribe that should be in the temple. John should be a priest doing the sacrificial rituals of the priest in the temple. Part of his livelihood should be made in Jerusalem. But John removes himself far from that life. He removes himself far from Jerusalem. And he doesn't act as a priest. He isn't connected to the temple. Instead, we see John in the wilderness. And John, I think, is making the point that it's not the works of law that are going to transform God's people. Rather, it's the word of the gospel that reaches their heart. It's that metanoia. It's that repentance. And that's why John criticizes the Pharisees and the Sadducees so harshly. He sees them in them the firm belief that an institution is going to save them. Right? These Pharisees and the Sadducees, as we'll find out later in the gospel, don't really believe that they need a savior. Right? They think that they have the law. They think that they can follow the law themselves, that they're good enough. And so they don't need transformation. And so these Pharisees are coming to John the Baptist, not because they know they need transformation, but they come to him as almost a curiosity. Right? Who is this strange guy out in the wilderness? What does he think he's doing? Well, what we see is that John is preaching the gospel. John is preaching that there is a Messiah coming to save the world from its sins. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are skeptical that they have any need for a Savior. What are their sins, they think? We don't have sins. And we'll see in the Gospels that the Pharisees and the Sadducees believe that Christ should be the one to take up arms against the people they think are sinners. And they miss the point that their hearts need transformation. They are left with hearts that wonder who is the Messiah, and they don't live in the hope of the one who is coming. And so I hope, however, we have a different gospel this morning. Because we have that word of repentance, that word of metanoia. We have the word of transformation. God gives us new hearts so that we may love him and so that we may have the forgiveness of sins and the amendment of life. And so the work of preparation and Advent is truly the work of God. It's not our work. 
The work of Advent is not cleaning up before Santa Claus comes to town. Rather, the work of Advent is receiving the gift. Preparation in Advent is about looking back at our baptisms and saying, it's there, there that God made me new. It's there that God gave me this gift of repentance. Preparation in Advent is about receiving Holy Communion and knowing that it's Christ who brings you forgiveness of sins. You are made prepared to receive the Lord. It's all his work. He does the cleaning up. He does the transformation. He does it all. And so we rejoice during Advent because it's all a gift given to us. And that's why we sing weekly, rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. God comes to us. We don't first come to him, but he comes to us. He gives us the word of repentance. He is the one who transforms us. Amen.